On today's episode, we dive into all the details that were recently announced about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. This is episode 173 of the Capture the Magic podcast. This episode is brought to you by Capture the Magic Vacations. For all of your Disney World and Universal Studios vacation planning, head on over to CaptureTheMagicVacations.com backslash magic. They take care of everything from hotel bookings and park tickets to fast pass planning and dining reservations. There is no charge to you for using their services, so be sure to request a quote with promo code CTMP to receive a free gift with your vacation booking. They are also currently looking for travel agents with experience and those with a passion for Disney. You can go to CaptureTheMagicVacations.com backslash magic and complete a join our team request. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the show today. My name is Jamie Lee and I am joined by my husband, Mr. Jared Lee. Hello, Jared. Oh, hello to you. How are you today? I'm good. I don't know why you're talking robotic other than we're talking about Star Wars, but maybe it fits as you're a droid. But maybe I, I am a droid. It could be, but I, I'm good. I'm very good. Well, good. Are you, are you, are you swell? I'm, I'm pretty good, yeah. Well, usually I don't host the Monday shows, but today I am um, because of what we're talking about. We're talking about Star Wars, and I, I'm, not so, I'm not so much on the up and up about Star Wars as... Jared and our special guest is, um, but uh, we, uh, you know, we thought it'd be a good idea for me to just kind of host and then, you know, they talk. Facilitate the conversation, if there you will. There you go. I will well, facilitate the funny thing was, we record, so we record the news shows that come out on Thursdays on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. and we usually do it during the day, so we actually, Wednesday night, uh, we had some stuff go on, so we didn't get to record till late, and we literally got done recording and I think as you were editing the episode is uh-huh. when all this Star Wars news dropped. And we were yep. just like, are you yep. serious? Like, we had a slight discussion about redoing the show, but that quickly went away because Jamie was super tired and we just weren't going to do that. there was so much stuff. Yeah, just so like, we, can't fit it in. we so. decided to just do Monday's show as almost like a special edition or whatever. Uh, it's basically another news show, but just yeah. on all the Galaxy's Edge stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing now. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, and I was gonna say, since I'm not as on the open up uh, of Star Wars as as other people are, we have a special guest to join us. Well, today. I think what you would call him if this was like a, a cable news show would be he's the, he's our special correspondent. He is, yes. I think that's what you have to have. You're either a special correspondent or a strategic um, analyst. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He, he can choose what he wants, yeah. I suppose. He's in the he's he's live on the. <laughs> On the scene. I mean, <laughs> he's technically, got his he's in finger Orlando. in his ear, waiting for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> questions to be asked. <laughs> and that is uh, that's Jeremy Stein. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. I was going to ask, do I have to put the finger up to the ear every time I talk? Yes, I'm and five sure second delays yes. are, are <laughs> a must. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I am somewhat on location. I'm in Orlando, so yeah, I um yeah, I'm not that close right now to. Di- well, I'm 20 miles from Disney. I'm near the airport. 
So. Well, you're closer than us. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, is, that is Thanks. true. Thanks for rubbing that one in. <laughs> we, we ought to just put construction noises in the background of you and be like, I'm on location here. Yeah. Like, nobody would know the difference. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, he really yep. is there. It's always like, yeah, right. like you say something in like five seconds later, I'm like, well, hey, Jared, yeah, I'm here on. <laughs> so I can, I can do my best to pretend like I'm seriously on some sort of film location. But yes, <laughs> internet's actually good. working pretty well. So I think we're going to go a uh, good little back and forth. <laughs> Sweet. Good, good to know. And I think Sweet. Jamie probably wants to facilitate because uh, Jeremy and I can uh, run off the rails pretty quickly. I'm really sure Jamie quickly. wants to pull the e-brake sometimes really and pull quickly. it back. But. That's a very yeah. good idea. Yeah, not a bad one. <laughs> um, well, before we get to actually talking about Galaxy's Edge, we just want to mention a few shows that we've got um, otherwise on this show or on this channel. We've got Diz Dudes. That's every Wednesday with Jeremy and Jared. It's on the actually, on And the it network. has its own. Yeah, it has its own You said channel. on the channel. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> that's what I meant. A okay. network. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> anyway. I'm here to um, help. <laughs> but anyway, Diz Dudes is every Wednesday. Has its own channel now, so go find that if you haven't already subscribed to that uh, that channel. And then Main Street Magic also has their own channel every Tuesday and Friday. That's Jeremy and Rhonda. And we've got Trip Tales. That's on this channel. We do that once a month. And CTM at the Movies is also once a month. So we got all those good all those good shows to bring you and uh don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review pretty please yes yes so okay well let's get to the star wars talk shall we that's what we're here for (laughs) so um so it was about midnight whenever all this news about star wars started just exploding on the internet and uh on i guess it was wednesday night thursday morning last week and it was just a ton of stuff. And I guess um, they had media come and do like a walkthrough. Is that is that what I'm understanding? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe. Well, I know it obviously in Disneyland is when they, yeah. they did this. Which the nice part about any of this Galaxy's Edge news is. And I think this is the first time it's ever happened. The land is essentially the exact same at Disneyland and Disney World. So okay. obviously we cover Disney World on this network right. but it's very interesting seeing all this stuff that is going to be at disney world right but it's being discussed at like disneyland so it's yeah. a very right. interesting thing that we're really not really used to so yeah. they so certain media um got um uh, inside look at what was going to be going on at galaxy's edge and this is the first time we've gotten a lot of detail about things now yep. there's no video it's just like a play-by-play account because they weren't able to take pictures or video while they were doing this so that's why all this is just in print um but uh we we kind of want to break it down by what they saw kind of kind of uh the details they gave into a couple sections so we'll talk about kind of the overall look and theme of the land like kind of what it means uh the food merchandise details about each of the rides and kind of how they do a little bit more immersion with the uh, Disney Play Parks app. Um, so we'll talk about all of those things, and I'm sure much more. Yeah, and I just want to say, so what we'll do, yeah, we'll go through this, and we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss certain aspects. But part of what we'll, Jeremy and I uh, listened before this is uh, the Disney Dish podcast had on a reporter, and I cannot remember who it was. Do you remember who it was, Jeremy? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, choose from Tra- Travel and Leisure uh, okay. magazine. 
Um, I want to say it was Carly something. It was Carly something. I yeah. do remember that. But outstanding they, was great. Yeah, they had her on, and she talked about um, all this stuff that she saw. So, you know, we normally don't say, hey, go listen to other shows. But you should, after you listen to this, go oh. listen to that episode. Uh, they did a – I mean, basically, she talked about everything they saw. So we listen to that, and we also have these the articles and stuff here. So – gives us a pretty good picture but again so so much stuff coming out there's just tons of stuff everywhere yeah yes that's very good um so the information that um was on the internet a lot of it was came from uh, entertainment weekly and d23.com um a lot of that information came from those two sources so we'll kind of talk about what they pulled from that media event walkthrough thing um so first of all uh, Galaxy's Edge is basically it's the land of Batu, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And they're focusing on the Black Spire outpost. Yes. Which is the port for smugglers, traders, explorers flying under the radar. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I'm just are, trying to get you this are right. On point. <laughs> Good. Um. And I'll just kind of take this directly. This is from D23. It says, In their efforts to defeat the First Order, the Resistance has temporarily set up shop in an abandoned ancient base encircled by forests, mountains, and rivers on the outskirts of Black Spire Outpost. Throughout the land in both parks, fans may see some familiar faces, including Ray, Finn, Poe, BB-8, and Chewbacca, and can even find themselves in the face-off with the First Order. There are three carefully designed entrance points into Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge and two in um, Hollywood Studios in Disney World. And so short and closed passageways between lands are designed to compress and expand the views of the visitors like a movie fading out and then fading back in to ensure that the first sight of Galaxy's Edge is a carefully framed cinematic view. And then also, um, I guess John Williams is creating original music themes for the land, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, So I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of like an overview of the land, and we'll go into more detail in a second. So, Batu is that in the movies? No, this is a essentially a made up uh, yep. world where okay. all these things are going to um, merge into. Yeah, and okay. it, it's 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 very interesting because this the stuff that you're hearing, um, and I and they said on the. Uh, the Disney Dish podcast is the way that a lot of these things are going to be revealed is very similar to like what they do with the castle at Magic Kingdom. It's going to be you walking into the land is almost going to be like bringing you along on a story. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I, I will say, I have actually not been paying that much attention to anything Galaxy's Edge because it's just seemed so far off for so long. Yeah. Uh, I know Jeremy and I've talked about this a little bit where I, you know, stuff will pop up, I'll read it and I'm just like, well, okay. And I just like, I'm going to put it away. It's kind of like when a, a movie I'm really looking forward to is going to come out in like three years. I don't like waiting. So I don't like to make myself um, crazy. I don't know how I describe it. Yeah, go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just all every yeah. detail that drops, you're just like soaking it in. And, and this is the first time when this all this stuff dropped and I got to really yep. l- reading it and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so excited for this. Yeah. Because uh, yep. all this stuff sounds amazing. Yeah. Totally agree. I was Good. like with, with all this new news coming out, part of me w- didn't want to see any of it. And then the other part of me was like, I have to see all of it because I have to know about it <laughs> for our shows. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, I love it. Now, so what? the one thing that is interesting, if you, have you guys seen Solo yet? No. 
parts. Okay, I have not. They do mention Black Spire Outpost very quickly in Solo. Okay. Which is which is cool. But I, uh, you okay, are I correct. Heard, yeah, yeah but you're that. correct, Jared. Um, this land of Batu currently in the way Galaxy's Edge exists will take place during the current trilogy, which is the kind of end of the Skywalker saga, which is why we're getting Ray and BB-8 and Finn and, and all those characters. So, yeah. yeah. And it okay. makes sense. Okay. That's, that's what they want to market going totally. forward are the yep. new movies. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, from Entertainment Weekly, they kind of go on and say more about this land. It says, this isn't some sleep, sleepy backwater place anymore. The First Order recently sent a garrison here seeking something. We don't know what that is, um, but they're what they're trying to find. We don't know who, what it is, um, but uh, there are some stories to be told about these folks and why they're here, what they came for, and who they're looking for. This elite squad from the First Order has arrived in a new ship, the TIE... TIE Fighter. The TIE Fighter? It's a okay. different type of TIE Fighter. Okay. And apparently what it is, it's a new type of TIE, TIE Fighter that we haven't seen. Okay. That's what they say. Which has a cockpit similar to Kylo Ren's Batwing shuttle, but the curved foils of Darth Vader's TIE-ordered control sector of Backspire, Black Spire Outpost near one of the entrances to the land. It says, don't try to touch it. The Red Fury doesn't like strangers approaching their ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently the whole thing of this is... The land is a, a place where the the first order has just arrived, and like they're setting up shop, and they're looking. That's that's a whole story. Of the land, yeah. They just got there, and so I, my understanding is on one side you have first order, and on the other you have the resistance. Yeah, I think they they talk about it um, later, but they said this the resistance is another like area that's kind of hidden yeah yep. and that's what's interesting and I, I okay. and correct me if I'm wrong Jeremy but the the Carly chick on on the um, Disney dish podcast said the like there's a forest between what is the first order and the resistance and yep. it's almost like it feels like two separate lands yep. within the land like there's yeah. such uh, a division okay. in there so it's almost gonna feel like two lands inside of one yep yeah Totally is, okay. is what she was explaining. And, yeah, like you said, there's going to be forced or, for, first order geez, um, <laughs> landed. They're, like, getting prepped. And the resistance is on the complete other side of, you know, Batu, um, And they're getting ready to kind of fight. And that's where we're going to eventually lead into everything else we're going to talk about as far as story-wise, ride-wise. Okay. Like, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 So the Millennium Falcon ride is in the first order section mm -hmm. okay and then the rise of the resistance one is in the resistance sector correct yes. okay yeah okay cool um more about the resistance sector it says out here you'll find a blue squadron x-wing parked on a low platform alongside an a-wing fighter this area is meant to be part of batu's tranquil surabat river valley where early planetary beings set up their own community the ruins of living spaces built into the rock face call to mind centuries-old earth structures like the Pueblo cliff cliff-sized dwellings carved into the sandstone of Mesa Verde National Park in Colorado. This is very detailed. <laughs> um, on Batu, a group of new residents have moved into these otherworldly caves and structures. These ruins are where the Rise of the Resistance ride begins, and nearby is a gigantic scuttled starship, ruins of a more recent sort, where that, where that experience ends. Keep in mind the Resistance doesn't think of this as home base as permanent. They are in a weakened state, and if the First Order strikes, they'll have to take off in a hurry. Um, they're here on Batu out of necessity, but you'll have to visit the park 
and maybe see episode nine to understand why <laughs> this place is important to what? both sides. <laughs> no way. Marketing? <laughs> That's crazy. That's... I like that they did that. The the um, the differences between the, the two competing sides oh, like that's brilliant really cool. brilliant yeah yeah from what i've everything i've i've read and heard both rides but on this ride in particular the the size of the rise of the resistance ride on this side is beyond anything we've ever seen yeah the scope yep um now the best description that i heard was that this is very much similar to like the it's almost like with Pandora. We knew this was coming with with virtual lines, essentially. So part of Pandora when you're on Flight of Passage is even though you're in line, like the pre-show and all that stuff, you're still in line, but you feel like you're getting onto the ride. There is an aspect with this where essentially what's going on is you're being taken hostage mm-hmm. by the First Order. So oh. part of this is you're being marched like into your chambers as a prisoner. Oh, okay. So it's very much like um, Haunted Mansion. Where they bring you into a corridor, or go into an area, you come out an area. So it's going to be very much you're moving around a lot. And uh, how? What was the size they said? Was it like the they basically said if you took this the room that you're going to like the cube, not the cube, but where they take you in, mm-hmm. it's almost like the size of Soren. If you yeah. didn't have any of the vehicles and you you, you had, stood on the ground, like yeah, the ground yeah. ground level and looked up. That's yeah. that's what they were saying. Is that is the size of this one of the showrooms. Um, and the other thing I found interesting was they were saying that they're going to take groups of, it was 48 to 50 some people, uh, yes. and you eventually will get split up, but they were saying this will be what well, Bob Chapik actually said. This is almost like four different attractions that break, like basically go together into one giant story. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. I mean, from yeah. everything that people were able to see, they asked the Imagineers, how much of this are we seeing? And they said 30%. Yeah. yeah. And they basically said, the Imagineers were saying, this is going to blow people's minds. Yeah. Like the scale, this is the this is the ride that's got all the animatronics. So when you walk into this room, I think they said there's like 100 Stormtroopers. Yeah. It's, some of them are animatronic. Some of them yep. aren't. Oh, my yep. gosh. But, and then cast <laughs> members... Yeah, and the cast members are going to be like first order saying like, all right, let's get it. And like they're, they're escorting yeah. you. And that's when they yeah. break you up into, uh, you, you know, your groups. Yep. And then they're taking you like on a pod. And then, you know, shockingly, like somebody comes and rescues you. Uh, but it, it seems just obviously they're not giving away too much information other than what they're saying here. But just the, the scale and the scope of this is, is just absolutely it's, it seems like to me, it's very obvious, and Jamie and I talked about this before we started recording this episode, that when it came to like Toy Story Land, they just threw that thing together real oh quickly. God, They're yeah. just like, oh, so evident just now. Duh, I, yep. throw that in there. Because they, from everything I'm reading about this, as much as we're you know hoping of what Galaxy's Edge is going to be, and obviously we still don't know, but it seems to be that this was they they are putting every single chip they have into this land of like we're going to blow your socks off yeah yeah and yeah but it just makes me sad to think that they they didn't do the same thing with toy story land when they they could have done so much different you know at first i didn't i didn't want to be that person be like oh you know complain about everything and that i wanted to appreciate the new land as it was but after hearing all of this stuff i'm just like 
okay, Disney, let's well, drop the ball. Like, I know maybe they didn't want to put as much money and effort and time into Toy Story Land, but they should have. <laughs> let me let me defense this real quickly, and then we'll get Jeremy's take as well. But okay. my take on this is knowing how big Galaxy's Edge was going to be, crowd levels and all this stuff, you had to have more stuff for people to do. So to get a quick land up and running that ideally they're like, well, hopefully it can draw people in you know, a little quicker into the parks to up attendance and things before Galaxy's Edge, but give something in there. And then that way when Galaxy's Edge opens, there's more stuff for people to do other than just having what they already had and then Galaxy's Edge. Plus, I still think they will circle back and do a lot of stuff in Toy Story Land to maybe add into it later on. You think so? I think there's a chance. Maybe. But that's kind of my view. I, I get it. Like, you look at it and you're just like, oh, but at the same time, I don't know how much more immersive you could really get with a Toy Story Land compared to, like, um, a Galaxy's Edge. But how about a store? I Right. I, I understand. And there'll probably be more. But, I mean, that's, that's how I kind of look at it. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. not to be, you know defending disney on everything but i I could see that being a a reasonable need when you've got this huge land coming in yeah what do you think jeremy um you know i agree with both of you (laughs) i i agree (laughs) i i agree jamie that um and i didn't think this originally until i'm seeing all this stuff come out about galaxy's edge i think they missed the mark with toy story land as far as the overall immersiveness uh because there were certain aspects that were just missing you know Mm -hmm. um I didn't think originally that they skimped out at all. But as I'm seeing these details come out, I'm with you. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. yeah, there's there's other things they could have done. There's certain aspects. There's whatever. Um, the one thing they did get right was basically like having a giant magnifying glass. And it was Sid because the sun is just coming <laughs> oh, down. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I do but I do think there's certain things they could have done. I do think, like Jared said, it's kind of it was kind of a hold. You know, for Galaxy's Edge. Um, right. I love the land. I love Toy Story Land. I also think that Star Wars lends so much better for an immersiveness because when you watch the Star Wars movies, I, I think more so you can imagine yourself in them. When you watch Toy Story, I feel like you're, for me at least, you're still watching a movie, if that makes any sense at all. Like Toy Story is like, okay, I'm watching a movie about toys that come to life, but I don't feel like a toy while I'm watching it. Whereas you watch Star Wars, you're like, I could totally be a rebel fighter or, you know, I could be a stormtrooper. I could be with the resistance. I could be all these different things. So maybe that's part of it. But um, there was definitely no reason to dump what they're dumping in the Galaxy's Edge into Toy Story Land. And there's there's no reason. It's it's a holdover land. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Still, it, it's I just, like yeah. Toy Story. Like, maybe that's oh, me too. Me too. I'm I love nostalgic it. for that. I, yeah. I still think there's a chance they could go back and, you know, do more stuff in there. We'll see, obviously. But yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. We have, there's no. something else I was going to say on here about okay. the ride that I was reading an article here that shows sort of the steps of this. And um, oh, do you want me to go? I was going to go through. Yeah, that. go ahead and go through that. Yeah. Okay, so this is about the um, Rise of the Resistance ride. Since Jared started, um, go ahead and talked about it. Um, they talk about the queues as the the wait line begins beneath a mobile cannon turret, which forms an archway to a path leading to an ancient alien ruins carved into the rocky cliffs of the planet Batu. Got it. And apparently <laughs> okay. the queue is very much, they said, similar to like Pandora. Yeah. 
I believe that. Yeah, in it that. Sounds like it. Although there isn't, it, it was all the same theme. It's not that, you know, in Pandora, if you've ever been through the regular queue, it, it changes like the scenery a lot. Like you're going in and out of different areas, laboratories yeah. and forests. This is all like the same area. Uh-huh. Uh, and apparently, at least in Disneyland, there's benches in part of it. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, there's, no, but there's no, no, bathrooms. no bathrooms. No bathrooms. Water fountain. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, and then apparently the ground, you know, it's concrete, but it's supposed to be like hardened mud and has footprints of the soldiers and basically R2-D2, like the droids and stuff. So that's you can awesome. see the bottom of their feet walking around. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love it. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, it said the R2 tracks continue down this curving tree-lined path until we arrive at the caves, which are man-made or alien-made, depending on what we think lived at that two centuries ago. Um Let's see. Inside the Pueblo-like carved living spaces, the line would be Resistance Volunteers passes an animated gonk droid, which is basically a walking battery. <laughs> this is so... All this the stuff, I'm just like, what, wait, what am I reading? I think the Q2, there's going to be so much stuff going on because they also said, like Pandora, they, they didn't say, but it probably is going to be built to hold up to like six hours worth yeah. of waiting. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out a way to entertain. Yeah. So oh, basically yeah. you're going through the natural parts of yeah. Batu in this first part in the line. So once yep. you get to, quote unquote, the Resistance Command Center, do you yeah. want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so basically this part... You may read this part here. I can read it. It's okay, fine. go ahead. Um, so as, you, as you enter the heart of Resistance Command, a familiar droid appears, BB-8. Yeah. He comes, yay. He comes <laughs> bearing a hologram of Ridley as Ray, telling visitors that they have to board a transport soon for a mission led by Poe Dameron. From there, a bay door opens and guests are hustled out past Dameron's signature black X-Wing and into the cargo bay of a transport f- flown by another well-known Star Wars figure, Nianunb... Numb? I don't know how to say that. Numb. Numb. Okay. The Solston alien co-pilot who helped Lando Calrissian blow up the second Death Star. An animatronic version of the character barks at his passengers from the front, his jowls flapping like a stack of pancakes. For the voice, Imagineers hired Kenyan actor Kip Singh Rotich. You could probably skip this part. I'll skip that part. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay, so takeoff. Once the transport doors close, visitors watch on monitors as they're cleared for takeoff. Before the ship rises, um, Isaac emerges from the... Is that That's Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron, okay. Emerges from the control center and climbs into his X-Wing, continuing to communicate um, with your ship and as you all lift off into space. Before long, the convoy, convoy is intercepted by a First Order Star Something Destroyer. goes terribly wrong. Oh, no. What? Um, <laughs> um, and by the way, this picture in this in this that they D23 provided, it's huge. Did you yeah. see it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Poe can't fight it off on his own, so he has to retreat, promising to bring back help. Um, a tractor beam pulls the transport into the destroyer, and when the doors open, guests are standing in a giant auditorium-sized First Order hangar. This is the area we were talking about. Yeah, filled with scores of stormtroopers and hung with TIE fighters along the walls. Is this like in the movie? Yeah. With the mm-hmm. huge... Yeah. Oh, this, this This is the room they were saying the scope and scale is so big. Uh, it's literally like where gonna, they keep all the ships and yes, stuff. Yes, it's oh gonna literally be like you are in the first order hangar, essentially. Mm. Man, so excited! Um, the stormtroopers will be animatronic with slight movement suggesting they are alive, but they'll also be slightly smaller than visitors realize to create the illusion that the hangar, which is truly massive, is even bigger. 
The TIE fighter on one distance wall is significantly smaller than the humans working on it. Um, move along, resistance scum. That's not formally the way Disney ride, talk, ride operators <laughs> talk about to guests, but in this case, the First Order guides have license to be rotten. They're the bad guys. I like this it. It's true. Yeah. And then from there, you go into a interrogation room, similar to one where Kylo Ren once tortured Poe Dameron. You don't stay here long. Soon you learn something valuable that the Resistance will need to fight the First Order. And once you get broken out of this cell, the real ride continues. Um, we don't know how long it lasts, but they say about 28 minutes. They say No, say it's not the 28 minutes that's been rumored. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, the rumor going around was that it was yeah. going to be 28 minutes long. Um, well, how long did the, the reporter lady say? What did she say around? She, she was thinks saying, at the, yeah, at the very 15. least. She's saying no way it's under 10. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. going to be a long ride. Very. Right. With several right. several sections. They're saying four parts. Yeah. Once you flee the interrogation room, you board a trackless cart that will guide you through the rest of the ride, gliding through one hangar that contains two towering adats, adats, ATATs, ATATs, and bring and eventually bringing you face to face to mask with Kylo Ren. Ooh. Man, this is making me like want to ride this right now. <laughs> See, this is why I didn't read in this. See, this is the part that they they. It's interesting how they're releasing this information because this trackless ride vehicle is what they've talked about before. Yeah. So we've yeah. known about this part, but we're getting this other part. So we're piecing this together. And even at this point, oh, man, yeah. it's just going to be so immersive. And that's as much as we know. They they haven't they haven't shared and how And this is what they were ends. saying is only 30% of the ride. Yeah. yeah. We, but we do know that the, the people that played Kylo Ren and... Um, um, Finn, Ray, and, yeah, Ray and Finn, and all those. Are the actual yeah, they're people. all involved in this. Yep. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I had heard. Yeah. Is that while they were filming Episode Nine, is when they were filming the voices and the whatever those they had to do for for this portion. Um, yeah. What What I find so crazy, and I know we're going to talk about the Millennium Falcon run. I feel like up until the last two or three weeks, everybody's been talking about the Millennium Falcon ride. Getting details yeah. on Rise of the Resistance, I don't care about. Like, I care about it. I almost don't even care about Millennium Falcon ride. Like, this ride sounds, it's going to destroy every theme park, I think, ride and show that's ever existed. Can, can I ask you something? Is it a simulator? I what think is it? this is a, there's parts that are simulator. Yeah. There's yep. going to be parts that is. Like, walk through. Yeah. Yep. I, I, yep. Think, I think what you're talking about. I, Here's what I personally probably, from what I'm hearing of this and, and my guessing here, obviously, this is going to be much more of what you would just call an experience. Yeah. And it's not as much as a quote-unquote a ride. Okay. Um, what's what's going to be crazy about this, I think, you know, when Pandora opened, you know, you got Flight of Passage, which is amazing, and Navi River Journey, which is meh. Um, at Toy Story Land, you've got Slinky Dog Dash, Dash and then you have... Alien throwing sausage. You're like, eh, okay. One's really good. <laughs> one's not so great. Right. This one, I think both rides are going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I think both yeah. of them are going to be... I wouldn't be shocked if after this thing opens, these are the best two theme park rides ever built. Agreed. And then yeah. Flight of Passage comes in third. I mean, I think that's the that's the level they're at with this, which is, is just going to be even more just insane. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 100% agree. Well, we'll um we'll take a break from the ride stuff, and I'll go back to um where they talked about the cast members a little mm-hmm. bit. Said so, um 
We're encouraging them to create their own identities and personas. They are local Batuans, but remember, some of these cast members might know nothing about Star Wars. We are encouraging them to know about their daily lives, where you work, you know what you're selling, you know who you're working for. They're also being encouraged to talk about politics, although not Earth politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This can get, this can get yeah. sideways really yes. quickly. <laughs> Every worker will have an opinion of what's recently taken place here, which is the first order arriving a few weeks ago. There's a lot of gossiping. There's a lot of whispers and rumors about what's going on. There might be cast members who are resistance sympathizers helping them out. They might There might be some cast members who are first order loyalists who are like, finally, order. My gosh, someone's going to do something about this place, right? So basically, it's the cast members are role playing all the yeah. time. This That's entire land is going to be LARPing. Yeah. How long? Um, for those, that, yeah. How do you think this goes? Because this was the original concept of Pandora, and it did not stick. I, what do you mean? The cast members are supposed to be like? Yeah. Like well, this? well, yeah. the cast members were supposed to be more of. Well, here's the difference: cast members were supposed to be more of misplants. I think from Earth that ended up in Pandora, but they were supposed to use a lot of the words, mm-hmm. the Pandorian words. Like they would always like greet you in Pandorian or whatever the, the language is. Um, <laughs> and that was a that was a major thing when we did the cast member pre or cast member the uh, pass holder preview. We saw a lot of that, but it slowly started to fade. Um, so I'll be interested, mm-hmm. but I think like what you're saying is this is going to be much more of a role play or a LARPing. Whereas they're not supposed to be earthlings on a different land. They literally are Batuians, you know? So, So, uh, you know, but I think a lot of times you're going to have people be in this land that want to be role playing and they want to be in this land and they're going to be fully immersed. I mean, we've seen people go to movies like this. So I'm sure going to an actual land based on it, it's going to happen. Um, there's going to be some people that don't want to LARP and they're just going to be like, where's the bathroom? And the person's like, what's well, a bathroom? And they're like, where's it at? I don't want to play this game with you. And so I think that's what, unfortunately, many times as much immersion as Disney may want, they're forced from a guest response level to sort of play that down. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, depending on your point of view, we'll see how long it sticks or if they continue with that. But, I think that many times is the limiting factor on that. And also, too, do you think that they'll hire people that have, like, an acting background? Probably. I think so. I think so in here. I mean, I feel like it's almost like the Jungle Cruise cast members. Those are little extra... You know, Jungle Cruise cast members, I believe, are actually paid a little bit more than some of the other cast members because it's so much ad-libbing. I don't know for sure. I think I've heard that before. But they're essentially... I mean, what are the ride? I mean, you know, you got some person that's just saying like, you know, next four. And then you have someone that's like the skipper and they're telling jokes and being jovial with everybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if certain cast members are going to be required to be a little bit more theatrical than others. Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah, they're all playing a part. I mean, well, every every Disney cast member is playing a part, but that's why they're called cast members. But I agree with you there. They're um, a little extra part. Yeah. Yeah. And bathrooms are called refreshers. That'll go away. Are you serious? Is that really in notes? They're somewhere? calling it the. They're calling them refreshers. That'll go away because I, that's I the same thing that, that happened in Pandora. I actually sounds prefer nicer. that. Yeah, it does. It, it does nicer. sound. It does sound better. That's what I do in there. I refresh myself. It's refreshing. Let me ask in you all guys something. Areas. <laughs> <laughs> let me guys ask you. Let me ask you guys something. Um, having to do with cast members and the role playing and and Star Wars being uh, what it is. Do you think that? 
people are still people that maybe there's a language barrier there are still going to understand what's going on or are they just going to experience that it is and that's just a great question think it's awesome like i don't know you, like you, i was thinking about that. the thing with that is if you don't know you know if you go any place you don't know the language it's already going to limit the amount of immersion you're gonna be able to feel right you can't have a land where everything's spoken in four different languages no no, yeah yeah and so i think you know if you don't speak english yeah you're going to be missing out on some immersion i'm sure there are going to be things there if you don't speak the language that they have things in your language or they'll repeat it or something but right yeah i mean i I think to some degree if you don't know english it's going to be you know you're not because this is so specific to this this universe and i don't know is Star Wars just as is it just as popular, like around the world as it is here, or is it? Yeah, almost yeah it's here? very, it very is. popular. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure I didn't. Especially really know. in Asia. In Asia, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Um, okay, so they also mention uh, the marketplace. Um, the marketplace will feature a water fountain that appears to be connected to a glass cistern. Every now and then, when a guest stops to take a drink, the eye stock of a Dianoga creature, that water-dwelling thing that menaced Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie in the Death Star trash compactor, remember that thing? Yep. Uh, Will dart up into the cistern, then vanish back into the pipes amid the sound of it squirming through the plumbing. Here's the thing that (laughs) we're hearing, too, is there's going to be so many things that are not, that you wouldn't think are going to be part of being immersive that are going to be interactive. Yep. Yeah. There's going to be so this land is going to be full of just things that you wouldn't expect to, and I honestly think a lot of it is to draw people to these areas to try and and keep people dispersed within the land yep. without congregating around just the Millennium Falcon or just these certain areas and trying to just disperse that. Yep. Yeah. You're, I think you're 100 percent correct. It's every little detail that will take people into other areas. And again, they're still going to crowd around those, but there's so much more. I just, every little bit I hear, I'm like blown away. Yeah. And if you think about Harry Potter or, um, um, what's the news? Harry Potter land. It's not Harry Potter land, but Uh, Hogsmeade. No, uh, Diagon Alley. Diagon Diagon Alley. Alley. If you look at Diagon Alley, a lot of the stuff that Disney's doing here is an answer to that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, almost directly in many parts. And we'll talk about that in, in a minute when we talk about the lightsaber thing and things like that. I think it's a direct response and competition to that. But Diagon Alley does a really good job of having little things throughout the land. If you love the stories and the movies, draw you to it. Yeah. And so it's like little. And I think that's the thing. Of you're going to get a lot of people that know the Millennium Falcon, but like true fans are probably have enough stuff in there where someone who's, just love Star Wars and be like, oh my gosh, they had this in here. And it, because what everything we're hearing is that the Imagineers are all huge Star Wars fans and they understood the, the gravity of this and saying, like, we have to have this has to live up to people's expectations that love this franchise. Yeah. And so there's just going to have so much stuff that their goal is to blow you away. And I think that part of doing that is just going to be the little things, yeah. not just the big. Obviously, it's, it's nailing those big things, but just getting all the little things that make you feel even more immersed. Totally. True that. <laughs> True that. Um, <laughs> wow. She even, did, she even did like the hand signal thing. She did. That was awesome. weirdly, I did. weirdly aggressive. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. We're, let's talk about food and beverage um, real quick there. This one I don't know about. Okay. Well, let me, let me, uh, let me <laughs> share for everybody. Um, so the main one that has been 
talked about before is the Oga's Cantina. And that's supposed to, I guess, replicate the cantina that's in Star Wars, like the first one. Yep. Yes. That's uncanny. You sounded just like. I'm so glad you did it because I was thinking of doing it and I didn't have to. So I was. I was too. Thank you, Jamie. Yours was so much better. <laughs> Don't worry, I will sing it. Um, it says Ogus Cantina will serve exotic beverages served in unique vessels. Uh, potations with alcohol include Bespin Fizz, Bloody Ran- Rancor, Dagobah, Slug Slinger, Fuzzy, t- <laughs> these words, Fuzzy Tauntaun. Yeah, how do you like that? Jedi, Jedi Mind Trick. <laughs> I like the Jedi Mind Trick. Oh, one. I want that one. Yeah. Jet Juice, The Outer Rim, Spiron Calf. T-16 Skyhopper and Yub Nub. Um, they have non-alcoholic stuff like Black Spire Brew, Blue Bantha, Carbon Freeze, Cliff Dweller, Hyperdrive, Punch It, Java Juice, Mugen Tea, and Tureen Tea. And provisions include a Cantina Mix. Um, let's see. Just remember, you can't take these outside of the Cantina. Disneyland. Is Oh, that's Disneyland. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Disneyland. Yep. Disney World's different. Okay. Um, you'll find Oga lurking in the shadows, and locals know better than to dare cross the proprietor. DJ R3X, which is from Star Wars, Star Trek. I was going right? to say, yes. this is where he's going to be in there, and I've heard he's pretty amazing. I am yeah. so excited. Um, now calls Oga's Cantina his home, where he's in charge of providing the musical entertainment. Um, they have entrees. I'll kind of go through these real quick. It says they have some braised shock roasts. Um, they have fried Andorian tip yip, which is a chicken dish, uh, Felucian garden spread. Um, they have a bunch of other, um, different stuff, but it's, it's a lot of, um, um, chickens and ribs and stuff. Yeah. They have One thing that, and- that I did hear on the, the Disney dish podcast is that the, the lady said it seems like there's a lot of greens yeah. and not a ton mm. on the meat side. Yeah. A lot of well, veggies and all. And- yeah. I was going to say, you got to think. Yeah, this is Disney World, obviously. But if you want to be immersed in the land, you got to think, okay, how would they typically yep. eat? Yep. And a. More meat? No. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, no, they would not. No. <laughs> they would eat a the lot old, more yeah. breads and. Which one of those is a protein shake? The, <laughs> oh, all, they're, all they're eating is the nip yip, apparently. They got. Lots nip of nip yip. Was that, is that, tip, what, was that what it was? Tip yip? Okay, tip yip. I'm going to go to the grocery store and be like, can I get some nip yip, please? Some piss yip, nip yip. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Jared will say it always needs more yeah. tip yip. Um, my tip yip needs <laughs> more tip yip. <laughs> more tip yip, please. <laughs> I want um, some tip yip. But that is, um, I would say that's the main feature. Yeah. Well, and this is also yip. where we're getting that, that we talked about before, the, the milks. The flavored um, milk thing. You can get it there. There's another place yeah. you can get it too. We'll um, and I think one of these is going to be the answer to the frozen butter beer. Correct. I think that's uh, what this is yep. going to be. Is like a signature drink in the thing, and I think yep. that's what they're aiming for. Because yep. again, with Harry Potter stuff, the butter beer is almost an attraction in itself. Yep. It is times. totally. It now is. blue milk will be, and it's not even. Um, yep. It's dairy free. That's what I've heard too. It's not yep. really. Oh, so it's not really milk. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, the next place we'll talk about is Ronto Roasters. It's a um, large pod racing engine. Will be fired up a. They barbecue- just couldn't leave the pod racing alone. <laughs> this, is firing- this is brilliant, though. <laughs> be firing up a barbecue pit for mouthwatering sandwiches. Um, when customers line up to order, they will encounter a former smelter droid, carefully turning the spit of meats. <laughs> 
and complaining about his job. <laughs> that <laughs> is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> items include um, turkey jerky. They have wraps, grilled sausage, pork. Um, you choose from a variety of non-alcoholic drinks like sour sarlacc and Tatooine Sunset. Okay, Tatooine Sunset sounds actually That's pretty awesome. nice. Yeah, I like that. Um, and what is this referring to? Can you explain to me? Remember episode one, pod racing? Yep. The little... The, uh, little little Anakin. Anakin. Little yeah. Anakin. The, yeah. the thing that okay. made no sense in the context of Darth Vader's story okay. that they yeah. threw in there. Okay, got yeah. it, got it. Yeah, and I like then, it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds, it sounds cool. And then Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo um, is a multi-purpose transport shuttle docked atop a large hangar for traveling food shuttles. Um, that's where Chef Strano Cookie Tugs has converted his modified Cinear Shal Utilipede... <laughs> transport into a popular mobile kitchen and restaurant his travels across the galaxy allowed him to fill his pantry with exotic ingredients and he's proud to present tugs grub a traveling diner for diners traveling um uh, non-alcohol beverages entrees like um kind of the same um, some of the same stuff you can get at the oga's canteen yeah um, they have children's menu options here, like mac and cheese, obviously, and desserts and stuff. Here will yeah. be a question about the food, and, and apparently we're hearing as well, this is very similar to, um, now I'm drawing a blank, Pandora. Pandora. Yeah, Can- Pan- Satuli yeah. Canteen. Yeah, Satuli Canteen, yep. along those same lines. I wonder, a lot of times with theme park food, some theme park goers aren't super adventurous. So like we could see this menu being changed and pared down because we've seen that happen at Satuli Canteen as well. Yep. Yeah. That's so, which is yeah, fine. and Skipper Canteen at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just, I'm wondering it, it depends on how, you know, again, how much people really want to become immersed and are willing to try some of these foods that maybe, you know, there are some people that they they like what's a what's a what's a tip yip? <laughs> you know. Right. I just want a burger. Well, it's the thing, they know. could they could have a, just a regular cheeseburger but call it something like yeah. exotic like that's the way they could do it they could uh it's still though i think you're still going to get some people's just confused but again uh it will be very that's uh, the thing always interesting with me is like i think how they sometimes envision the food going and have all these amazing ideas and then sometimes they keep the the park goers are just like eh, i don't want to try it yeah i say to those park goers go somewhere else <laughs> I right. agree. I agree. Not sure it's going to work that way, <laughs> yeah. but I would like that. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> the last, the last two places, just real quick. Um, they're going to be a milk stand. We talked mm-hmm. to the milk. They'll have blue milk, which is seen in the first Star Wars, and then green milk, which is in Last Jedi. Oh. And uh, how are they? The, how are they serving that one? The blue milk is plant based. <laughs> Allowing okay. more guests to enjoy it. That's oh, basically what they say. Well, and one of them is going to be citrus, and one of them is going to be... It was like um, a berry. Yeah. Okay. So I think... I, I'm guessing... Is the, it like a smoothie? I think so. It's yes. going to be like a frozen smoothie type oh, thing. Oh, okay. Yep. I do that yep. then. And the one will be served from a giant, giant weird walrus. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's how, that's how it was in Last Jedi. That was, it should. That I, I was awkward. I'm not sure how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it should, yeah. 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 Um, I have a food question for you guys. Okay. No, no table service. Sit down. Good idea? I, bad idea? What do you think? Can't handle it and maybe eventually something I think, switches? I think, it's, I think it's that. I think that they don't want people lingering around this land okay. for too long. 
I'd have to agree with and that. And they want people to get in and move out as quickly as possible. And having yep. a sit-down restaurant just invites people to... Take their time. Well, and yeah. it's like, imagine the restaurant being as immersive as it could be. They're just eating for two hours. Yeah. You know, and Disney doesn't want to get in the habit of being like, hey, can you leave? Yeah. <laughs> please, please, you're done. Please leave. <laughs> so I think that's just one element. Like, they could eventually put one in when crowds die down in 25 years. Yep. Um, and... <laughs> but I think, yeah, given how popular this is going to be, they don't even want to mess with that at this point. That's a good question. I didn't even think about that. No, I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Disneyland, I know they're not allowed to take it out of Ogus Cantina. Alcohol, what are your thoughts on finally introducing alcohol into the original park of Disneyland? Because I know that has been such a hot topic. Um, what do you think? Um, I mean... Money. Yeah, yeah, it's about the money. There's yeah. too much money. Yeah. Of the thing I the thing I will say about that is at the very least, at least it's not just not and they may offer this as well, but it's not just beer or just hard liquors. It's right. it's, it's it's this whole themed thing. So maybe yeah. that's the way they kinda of do it is like, Well, you're being immersed into Star Wars and Star Wars doesn't have Bud Light, but they right. have these <laughs> drinks that are similar, so it's not like an obvious like uh, throw in the face of the history of the park. Well, and I like that they're just limiting it to you have to be inside, right? The place you cannot take it out. I do, I do like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is, it is a big, it is a big deal because there's a lot of Disneyland, Disneyland purists, yeah. that are not happy about it. So totally, yeah. yeah. It's progress. It's what happens. But and then the last thing, um, there is a cat Saka's kettle, and it's a um popcorn snack like spicy sweet flavors it's called outpost mix they've got that yep i'm excited about that one oddly (laughs) that sounds cool i am excited (laughs) about the food i think i think any more food is is so much of a important part of the theming as as well as the Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's just how it is in in america and just theme parks in general the food plays such a big role i'm very interested in, in seeing all the foods yeah and trying them yeah Jeremy, real quick before we move on from food, um, if there's no table service in this place or Toy Story Land, um, where, how many are there in the park now? Four. Well, we got yeah, we got Hollywood and Vine, uh, Sci-Fi. We got Fifties, and then we got Brown Derby. Yeah, right. That's it. That Four sit downs, table service. Yeah, that's crazy. We say Brown Brown Derby, Hollywood Vine, Fifties Diner, and then Sci-Fi. And um, Mama Melrose. Oh, true. Yeah, Mama Melrose. Forgot yeah. Mama Melrose. That's okay, so, so tucked five. back there. That's right. Okay. So five. Yeah. That's not terrible. I thought there was like three. So it may... Okay. That's not... Terrible. I just had an idea that, you know, when this opens, the rest of Hollywood Studios, it'll just be like, you'll see just... What do they? What do they call those things that roll around in westerns when the streets are empty? Tumbleweed. Tumbleweeds <laughs> just rolling around. <laughs> totally. Like, you go back there and cast members like go guest. Oh, hello! Oh, I haven't oh, seen anybody in thirty minutes. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. I wish that was the case. It won't be, but it would be funny. Well, let's move on. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Millennium Falcon. Yes, please. Um. Yeah, I'm excited for this. <laughs> My mom is excited for this. My mom was 21. When this movie came out, the New Hope came out, mm-hmm. and so she she's just she's just super giddy because um, she remembers it originally and in this theaters. This is why it's going to be such a huge hit because you have people like your mom's age, yeah. and you have people that are like eight year old kids that all yeah. want to see this. 
yep. decades yeah. of people. Yep. Yeah. I am excited. Um, okay, so the life-size uh, starship is the centerpiece of the Millennial Falcon Smuggler's Fun Smuggler's Run Ride. <laughs> smuggler's Fun Run. <laughs> Sorry, I'll take Smuggler's that. Run Ride. <laughs> smuggler's five, Fun Run 10K. It's a- <laughs> um, you approach from the same perspective that Luke Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi had when their eyes lay or they lay eyes on Han Solo and Chewbacca's ride for the first time in uh, A New Hope. Now this is going to be what they were saying is going to be the cinematic portion where the reveal is almost going to be like the castle reveal. Uh, they're going to wind yeah. you through. The lady was saying, I think. So it, you can't see it at first? Correct. I oh, think what she okay. said is you go through this winding path and then it's like revealed to you. Okay, yep. it says turn a corner, turn a corner, climb a staircase, and there it is. Yep. Okay, cool. And it's going to be very theatrical on how it's shown. Because there was some part two where you're going to be able to get a picture and not have to, and, and, and crowds won't be behind you. Okay. I can't remember the the execution of how that's going to be, and I yeah. think it's when you get up to get on the ride. It was like there a secondary the, level or something. I think. She okay. said. Yeah, and I'm guessing too. My guess is on this, and I wonder it'd be easy thing for Disney to do would be a fast pass photographer or a, just a photographer there that will take your picture super quick in front of the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Mm. So it is pocked with blaster burners, blaster burns, and its thrusters are gasping to activate. It's a little worse for wear. Um, you're going to hear the engines trying to turn over as they try to reactivate some of the systems. That's kind of cool. So it just it sounds like it's trying to turn on yeah. all the time. Oh. And also, didn't didn't uh, Jim Hill say, Jeremy, that they they tried to get parts all from before 1980 yep. to build this thing? Yeah. And the ones they couldn't, they, they made molds yeah. of. So nothing is basically any uh, parts that are... Uh, are not like yeah like readily the, available yeah they're yeah, all supposed okay. to be like based off of the time period yep okay and um it says at this point in falcon's history han solo is no longer with us but porgs oh. are chewie has partnered with the week we space pirate hondo oh hondo yes. i know who hondo is Jeez. um a charming scoundrel from the clone wars and rebels animated shows to fund refurbishment of the falcon while using it to run contraband through the galaxies Makes sense. Um, the ship is parked facing outward with its engines flanking a curved loading dock embedded on the mountainside that frames Black Spire Outpost. Um, let's see. Inside that mountain is a shipping operation where visitors will wait in line for their chance to climb into the cockpit. Cockpit, As with everything in Galaxy's Edge, this becomes part of the story. You're not tourists waiting in line for an amusement park ride. You and your fellow guests are signing up to be freelance smugglers. Or Onaka, wait, oh yeah, Onaka Transport Solutions. That's funny. Oh, this ride, I I, really I know we talked about both. I'm actually equally excited for both of these rides yeah. Yeah, for I different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's getting on board. It said the par- Disney Park officials did not discuss how they plan to manage the crowds when <laughs> Galaxy's Edge opens. Because we don't know yet. But they did outline how they plan to make the long wait for Smuggler's Run more entertaining. Um, like Indiana Jones ride that opened in 19, 1995 in Disneyland, the Millennium Falcon line will zigzag through passageways and storage rooms that serve as a prologue to takeoff. The line starts at ground level curves along the, the sorry, the line starts at ground level curves along the back of the Falcon, so visitors can get a closer look from that perspective. From there, you climb a set of stairs that lead to catwalks. Ooh, circling the mechanics shop where other ships and engines are under repair. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, 
Along the exterior wall, there are some narrow triangular windows with a close-up view of the radar dish atop the Falcon. Visitors are likely to cluster around these, squeezing in for a glimpse in a photo. But around the next corner, the line bends along a bank of picture windows with a long, unobstructed view of the top of the Falcon and the town of Black Spire outpost beyond. So you can see the Millennium Falcon and then the rest of the land. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and oh, cool. and part of this area they said too that the girl said there was like on a cruise ship where you can like those port benches where you can yeah. look out and see stuff. Uh, They're gonna have those in the lines and stuff. That's awesome. As you as you head back into the depths of the shipping center, um, you can use the Disney Play app on your smartphone and allows visitors to scan shipping crates, revealing the true contents of what Honda Anaka is trying to send around the galaxy. Um, then you enter the control room. Uh, standing on the bridge, waiting to greet you with his sales pitch is Hondo. Like real Hondo? My guess is. Well, have you ridden? Uh, you haven't been to a Diagon Alley, have you, Jeremy? No. Okay, on uh, um, Green Journey to Green Gods, that room that's like a hologram, where it's like the pre-show. Oh. If anyone's yeah. ever ridden that, I would imagine something along those lines that looks realistic and. Um, that has the actual actor doing the part because um, it in, in that room, Jeremy, it's like you, you all get in this room and it looks 3D animatronic. Okay. It is. It's animatronic. Okay. Yep. So it's, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's going to be oh, yeah, probably yeah. something s- similar to where it's, it's a pre-show room and then you go in there. So yeah. that'd be my guess. Yeah. yeah. But apparently like his whole deal is like, he's got stuff to do. He's got yeah. stuff to move. He's busy. He's yes. a businessman. Okay. Yeah. Um, it says state of the art animatronic with dialogue delivered in his signature Russian Caribbean accent um, by Winnie the Pooh voice actor Jim Cummings. Really? Um, yeah. I had not seen that part. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Can't keep bears out of this thing. Nope. What Honda oh, would like bother. to. Pres- <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> um, what Honda would like to present is a very above board operation, but we come to learn it's more nefarious than we believe. What? Um, slight spoiler. Oh, do you want me to say spoilers? Oh, I don't know if I should. Spoiler alert. Okay. It's fine. Um, Using the Disney Play app to scan shipping crates along the wait line will reveal that he's running blasters to help the Resistance. No way. How dare him. The Resistance guy. That's good. (laughs) I'm I'm shocked that a smuggler would be running nefarious things. Yes. Um, Let's see. So he's a little bad. At least he's a boss, but he has his charms. Um. There's talking about the excitement of bringing this character to life, yada, yada. Um, In the windows behind Hondo, which are actually a video screen, you'll see the Falcon rise up from its place in the courtyard and lower down into the interior docking back. The Falcon outside never moves, of course, but this explains how you were able to board it from it within the attraction. Yes. Okay. The final moments, this is the mission, the final moments of waiting may just be as exciting as the ride itself. After consulting with Hondo, guests will be led down a jet bridge into a familiar location, the Falcon's chess room, where C-3PO once advised, let the Wookiee win. At this point, guests have already been assigned a flight group and a number. Hondo and Chewie need two pilots, two gunners, and two flight engineers for each run. An operator will call out the number of each group when it's time to take off. In the meantime, you are free to roam around the cabin. Ooh, you can look around? Okay, here is what... Well, Jeremy, you want to say what the area is going to be? Well, you haven't been... Okay, Jeremy, have not been to Universal Studios. No. You haven't experienced this. This ride queue is going to be like the Jimmy Fallon ride. Mm-hmm. Whereas the queue is basically there's no line. You're wandering around exploring stuff, and then they're somehow going to call you up when it's your turn. That's awesome. 
So you can go around and exploring things. So the Jimmy Fallon ride does this where you go in and then they hand you a card and you can walk around. They've got sort of museum stuff and they've got the panda in there and they've got shows on the side. You can stay there and then whenever it's your turn to go, they'll say green cards and then that's when you go. So I think this is the same thing again. They're trying to get rid of the, the line aspect as much as they can. Yeah. Yep. So this is actually kind of a cool thing. But yeah, that's what's going to go on here in the in the sort of at least part of the queue area. Yeah, I love that. Dang. The, you know, the detail is going to be outstanding. Oh. Can you imagine, by the way, and this is the ride where all the buttons and stuff, how much <laughs> dexterity these buttons and all this stuff is going to have to have. Right. To withstand everybody and their mom just pushing and just pulling all these knobs and levers. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if every night they've got a, rec- a repair crew going in and, and fixing stuff. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I'm so excited for this. Um, okay. The Smuggler's Run Ride has a choose-your-own-adventure quality that allows you your actions to determine the outcome of the mission. Um, you're kind of in control of the ship. It's a completely interactive experience. Um if gunners don't fire and and hit that TIE fighter, maybe you'll get some shocks and take some damage on the ship. Then you've got to fix it. Um, and if pilots don't fly right to avoid that oncoming mountain, your ship is going to smash in that wall. And then That's so funny. Well, so it's like you just get to decide what you're doing. Yep. Choose your yeah. own adventure. Yeah. And now, it. Jim Hill said that this has changed in that originally you could crash the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Oh. But they said the problem with that was going to be, and I agree, mm-hmm. if you wait six hours to ride this thing, oh and not everybody in your group is going to be like friends and family, um, and the, they just crash it, either on purpose or by accident, and your ride is done, you're going to have some issues. Yeah. Yeah. When Jared mm-hmm. is like, you know what? Taking this thing into the ground. <laughs> yeah. See, I would, as a, as a trusty pilot, I would not do that. But apparently this is going to be... They're not going to let you crash it, but yeah. your piloting skills are going to play into effect of how the the ride goes. Correct. Unlike, which mission, I do like unlike that. mission space, which we've yes. talked about recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the and the mission details of the mission are under wraps. They are not saying anything else about it. But um, when the flight is over and you return to Batu, you land in the same town square, then descend to the basement of the shipping center for an exit outside. Then you'll see the Falcon right there. So, but your reputation as a smuggler will travel with you. The Disney Play app on your phone tracks your experience and transmits that information through Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So if you go into Oga's Cantina for a post-flight Bespin fizz, and the bartender might say something like, "Aren't you part of that crew that wrecked the Falcon?" <gasps> Hondo's pretty unhappy with you. That is that is <laughs> genius. And it says not happy with your story. You can always change it. You just have to get back in line and try again. Oh, that'll be easy. You can ride it again within 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the ride that's got all the advanced uh, like video cards yeah. and stuff. Yep. And, and it's going to be – this is – again, I, both of them I'm so excited for because this one's essentially going to be just you're flying the Millennium Falcon and you're on it. Like My question on this, though, too, is aren't most people going to want to pilot it? You would think so. you got two pilots. Um, yeah, that's going to be tough. I could see it where people are going to be mad if they can't be the pilot. Yeah. Unless that would, you know. Although, I think, didn't didn't they say that both of these rides are going to have single rider, though? Correct. Which Good. is nice to have. Yeah. Well, they yeah. said Millennium Falcon, for sure, was not 100% about Rise of the Resistance. 
But um, she said, I think she said she saw a sign. She that thought, did say yes, it. correct. That but it the looked Disney, like there was the area. Yeah, Disney didn't directly confirm, confirm it, but there was a sign for it. Yep. So, okay, so here's my question with Single Rider, because we already see this. Um, how will Single Rider look when you could have a group of 20 people all go, you know what, I just want to ride this ride as quick as possible, therefore the 20 of us are getting in Single Rider, because we don't care that we're riding with each other. Like, I already see this on, on things like Everest. You know, it's not as big of a deal on Everest, but you see, uh, you see a group of four or five they get never a single rider line because they don't care that they ride with each other. Therefore, it backs up single rider line. I, do you think that they start single rider line from day one or they wait a little bit because it could still back that way up? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's everyone's... I mean, it's their choice if they want to do single rider. I mean, right. they, they know going in they're not going to ride with each other. Yeah. So I like, bet I, they start it from day yeah. one. Yeah, I'd leave Jared behind. Like if Jared and I were there, I'm like single rider. I don't care if I ride. Not when you ride. Want to ride it? Yeah. No, not when you ride. Well, not when I ride Everest. I got to hold his Go hand. Jared. Yes. But yes. I, uh, I will neither. I don't like the slandering that's going. On. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I mean honestly, if I'm if if Jeremy and I are in line together and they're like, we need a pilot, I can hit one. I'd be like, see you, man. And I just yeah. I would just go. And totally I agree. Think Jeremy would understand. I would respect and, uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've almost left my whole family behind on Flight of Passage. Just saying. Because they'll say, like, they'll come up with, like, do we have a single rider? And I'm like, um, how are you guys doing? I'm <laughs> kind of tempted. Yeah, I will. Like, so, actually, yeah, I'm by yeah. myself. <laughs> I, I don't know now. these people. Yep. I'm Han Solo. <laughs> if I wasn't before, I am now <laughs> yeah. that I dished my family. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's the real question These two rides are going to be so popular. Opening day. Uh, what, what, how long do we think lines are going to be? Because I don't know if you guys remember, remember Frozen Ever After. Yeah, the camp, it opened in 2016. It's a popular ride and everything. But remember those five-hour-long waits for that ride? Yep. I what's this, think what's this, be? this is going to be absolutely bonkers. Yep. Uh, I don't even. And Chairman, I were talking about before, and I, I maybe Jeremy's terminology is best that it it kind of scares you. Yeah. It, it, I'm scared yeah. to death. I'm like, I'm so yeah. excited and I'm so scared. Um, I don't think if you were to ride standby, possibly within the first month, that you could do both rides in one park opening. Um, unless yeah. they do, again, they're probably, they're going to do what they do with Pandora. They started opening it from like 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. for extra magic hours. Um, they're certainly going to do things like that. I think we're going to see a lot of paid previews. Uh, we're going to see paid extra events. We're going to see all paid these different. Fa- we're going to yeah. see paid fast paid passes. Fast passes. Ask. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I yeah. think this is when they introduce it because there is going to be such a demand for it. Because if people are going to be looking at 500 minute wait times, yeah, and yeah. go, how much do I have to pay to be able to ride this within like? an hour and yeah, they'd be like exactly hour, yeah well you know and and i mean when they announce opening date if you book right you book a vacation you're gonna have to book a 10-day vacation prior to the opening of galaxy's edge if you want a chance at your 60-day fast pass yeah. yep. you know because yep. if i say you know what i'm gonna book opening day of galaxy's edge right it's not going to matter. I'm not going to get my 60-day fast pass. So you're going to have to book so far in advance for that. I, I just, I don't know. It does. It it literally is giving me anxiety right now. 
And I want to be there I, opening day and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll wait for 10 hours. I don't care. I'll wait in line if y'all come. I'll, I'll be with I mean, I'll go with you just, at the very least. Whatever, so. but there's no chance in that. If, if, if you don't have a fast pass plan, you don't have a VIP plan, you don't have an extra paid plan, I don't think within the first God knows how many months that you could ever ride both rides in one day. I, I, I agree. I think it would be very difficult. And yeah, yeah. the thing, I mean, either way, at least at least one of us, if not all of us, will. Um, oh, speaking I'll, of Jamie I'll strap and I, that baby to my, tre- my you, chest. You and strap that baby. baby. Cr- I, and I will, I will venture through. I can fit a baby Bjorn. Baby Bjorn look good on me. <laughs> yeah, we I'll can put a baby Bjorn just, up front. We can just transfer we'll it back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> we'll We're already starting our inline um, barbecue to you uh, uh, food That's service. So. We're set. <laughs> we can call it the bat, Batu to you. Ooh, oh, even better. We're, we're serving fried porg. Yeah, we are. Get that. <laughs> porg legs. We're going to get escorted to Disney in no time for starting yep. businesses underneath them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think the paid fast passes, in my opinion, are almost there. I know people don't like the idea of it. Disney's dumb if they don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> because people are going to want I mean essentially they want to make money the easy thing they can do is be like here's the wait times and people go oh my gosh they go you can pay us though yep. and you can go quicker and you're yep. just going to have people running and throwing money at people just going like get me on this yep. thing I don't know how much right. of that do I need to get on here like 200 that, uh, whatever that's a great I, that's a great question actually um, okay so number one advance paid fast pass what would you pay and what would you do day of fast pass? Like, would you pay in advance a hundred bucks to get a fast pass per ride? Day of, would you pay? I don't know, two hundred bucks. Like, what do you think your your break point would be? Man, for me personally, if the wait times are like, let, let's say they're six hours, yeah, uh, very possible. Which is possible, very possible. And you're telling me that I can pay a hundred, let's say one hundred fifty dollars, and I can ride it within an hour. I value my time enough. I will pay one hundred fifty dollars. I agree. Correct. Because yep. it's just yep. that's just yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's let's not send this episode to Disney. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> not that they haven't already thought of this, but I don't want to. I don't want to admit <laughs> that we are willing to do such a thing. They come out and be like, you know, we weren't going to charge, yeah. and then we but heard no, this episode. Yeah, Capture the magic was like, guys, we'll pay whatever. So, okay, yeah. so a question about that. Mm. Are they going to offer only paid fast passes? No, no. I don't think so. No. Well, how would that work then? I think it's going to be the same thing. They, they can never take – well, not they, they, can say they no. can't ever. I don't think they're going to take away built-in fast passes. They'll I think the backlash – Yeah, they'll limit them. I think it's going to be if you ever are able to get one, it's going to be like winning the lottery. Basically. You'll be like, holy crap, I got one. Well, yeah. also too, like – do you want to go through the fast pass the first time? Because don't you want to experience the yeah. line? See, that's the problem with Pandora right now. Yep. Or yeah. Pandora. Oh, I was one of those people. You're one Flight of those. Flight of Passage. Sorry. I hate when people are like, <laughs> oh, hey, I'm going to go ride Pandora. Let's ride Flight of Pandora. Well, the question will be, are there going to be, on Rise of the Resistance, that main room, I believe there's only one of those, so there's not two. Right. So... There's going to be, you know, I'm trying to think, maybe the Millennium Falcon ride, there's going to be a separate whole line or area just for fast passes. Possibly. So if that's the case, it's easier to divvy those up. I agree. Amongst paid or not. And the other way, I don't know. And again, it's going to depend on how quickly they can move people through. Um, You know, I I, I don't think they're going to get rid of the the built-in fast passes, but I do think they'll introduce paid fast passes for 
top tier attractions. Probably like a like obviously these two in Star Wars and probably Flight of Passage, like a Slinky Dog, something like yeah. that. I think they will do that because all of the parks are going to be crowded because of this. Right. Yeah. So they're almost going to build in the need to do this in other parks, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe once Tron goes in at Magic Kingdom, that they go to a tiered system. Yeah, I was thinking that. So they could easily then say, the the paid fast passes involve tier one rides. Yep. That's you true. Know, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to cut anybody off here, but let's talk about some merchandise. Some merch. Before we merch. Ooh. Um, there's two places I most notably want to talk about. One is the Droid Depot. That's located I'm in so excited the about market. This. It's inviting patrons to pick parts and pieces off a conveyor belt, then build and cu- customize their Astro Mech droids, R-Series or BB-Series. The droids are capable of interacting with elements in the land, responding to guest behavior. Um, additional programming chips and accessories can be added to the droids to further customize their abilities. The Droid Depot also offer guests pre-built droids, including a C-3PO who has a quite a bit to say, uh, especially if you accidentally take off his head and put it on backwards, <laughs> and, uh, and a Rex who will happily play whatever music you have on your smartphone through an inter- intergalactic Bluetooth connection. The shop also offers droid-inspired products and much more. And intergalactic tourists need to fret as all merchandise will be labeled in dollars. You can build your own droid, guys. I want it. I own a banshee. What do you think I'm doing? I'm <laughs> buying. I'm buying one of these suckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, I did, bought a I never... banshee day one during the uh, passholder preview. I spent fifty dollars. I adopted Dang. one. I did all the little stuff. It picked me. I didn't pick it. <laughs> that's how they claim that was it's like, it like do- yeah it's, it's like the adoption like commercials you yeah. see like you yeah. know like the bumper stickers i didn't pick my pet it picked me i didn't pick did my it do the e- it did it do me. the et finger it went it jeremy did. it did it did and i picked I- it he sits on top of my um my large screen tv in my office that i do video editing on and his name is jd not bad. Nice. Yeah. I did get a banshee, but I will. I want a droid. I just don't know if I'm willing to pay the price they're going to charge for a droid. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. apparently part of this too that they talked about in the Disney Dish one with with the um, the reporter lady, which I feel terrible. I forgot her name. We'll put it in the show notes. You say yeah. it was Carly. Yeah, her name's Carly, but I can't remember. Yeah, well, I think Travel and Leisure where she's from. But Travel and Leisure. Yep. That the land is not going to be equipped to basically have these things roam around it. Mm-hmm. And there may be like a droid backpack, <laughs> which makes me even more excited. Oh my gosh! Like, makes you me more excited, but, but makes me yes. think how expensive are these things going to be? They're going to give you a backpack to put it in. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. We're talking five hundred oh bones, five hundred bucks. Oh, it could be crazy. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. But yeah, that, um, I mean, it, it it will be. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I think I think the. <laughs> It, it's, it's crazy. Not only the land; it's going to be the ride, <laughs> the merch, the food, oh. the merch. They're everything about this place. You're just going to go in and basically be like, "I lost my life savings. I don't know yeah. what happened, but yeah. I have three droids and I have two lightsabers." Yeah. Well, let's talk about the lightsabers. At Savvy's workshop, guests are given the opportunity to draw upon the Force as they build their own elegant lightsaber. Now, this is the answer to all wine, or what's it called over there? What? Uh, where the wand shop? The magic in- wands. Yeah, what's Harry Potter? Oh, Harry, Anders. All of Anders. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. 
A Harry Potter. Harry Potter. At, at the heart of every every saber is a kyber crystal, and during a guided tour, each guest will have four options to choose from. Peace Justice, which is modeled after Jedi from the Republic era. Power Control, a nod to the Sith. Elemental Nature, harnessing air, earth, fire, and water. And Defense, shrouded in mystery. Will you embrace the light side of the Force, like Luke Skywalker, or the dark side of the Force? These I'm interested in because uh, news had stated they do not retract. They're not real lightsabers, so I don't know if I accept such a thing. Oh, they're <laughs> not, they don't retract, but they apparently these are just they. Some of these may come in a glass case. Yeah, like they're going to yeah. be. And the thing too to keep in mind with this and what they said as well is you can't, at least from what they know at this point, they don't think you can take these on rides, and there's right. nothing to store them in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure Disney will do something like they've done before about holding it for you at the front of the park yep. or something like that. Send it to your room. Yeah, but um, they they what they throw on the price point like 109 dollars, but they yes. weren't sure. Right. They weren't I mean, sure if that was for the lightsaber or it could be. And my theory could be that's for the experience of this, possibly. Well, and then you yeah. pay for the actual like lightsaber. Yeah, I could because. See that. All of Wanders, if you ever done that, they basically it's like a whole presentation, and then they choose you, and they present your wand to you. They basically force you into buying something mm. because they did this whole thing, and then it's like, oh, you're not going to buy it now. But um, this one, what do they say, 14 people at a time yeah. is what it said. They yep. go through this experience. Yeah. The only way to weed that down when you don't have a line and people trying to kill each other to get in the line is to charge for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know with Ollivanders, you ha- there's only allow a certain amount of people in the store at a time. That's the yep. same thing with this. And, yeah. Okay. So, but you don't they don't charge. I mean, you buy the wand. <laughs> right. So right. They don't so they didn't more. say this is the price of a lightsaber. I would assume more expensive than one hundred nine dollars yeah. for the lightsaber. Yeah. Personally. <sighs> True. So, good one. so my main question is, uh, when are we going to get these? <laughs> Day one. Yeah. See, my thing is we Obviously. get the lightsabers, <laughs> and then we club thirty two a live stream of us dueling, and then eventually getting kicked out. Because, oh, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that would probably yeah. happen. Um, and there's five <laughs> other stores. Oh, which is they crazy. all sound amazing. Yeah, um, <laughs> Doc Under's Den of An- Antiquities. It's like mysterious and rare items from representing different areas of Star Wars galaxy. Um, there's Creature Stall, fascinating and unusual be- guests, or sorry, fascinating, fascinating and unusual beasts from all, all across the galaxy. Ranging from the friendly porgs to the not so friendly wampas. Um, Resistance Supply is a makeshift resource location. The Resistance Hidden Command Post selling badges, hats, pins. And then you have the First Order Cargo is a temporary storage dock located near the market. Easily identified by a never seen before First Order Thai Ecleon. Ugh, I don't know. And then it's like hats and gear and pins and stuff. And then. Uh, I will say all the stuff that is in Galaxy's Edge is only for Galaxy's Edge. You won't find yep. it in online. You won't find it in the Disney Store. The yeah, World of Disney. So, I like that exclusive. Yeah, I love that. Yep. I wonder how much they're going to crack down on. You know, there's going to be people selling this stuff on eBay. Yeah, they got to start limiting that better. Not just like not like a, like max of ten. Like no, it's got to be like one. Yeah, like one a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll do something, but yeah, be interesting to see. But I'm, I'm excited for all of it. I really am. Like this yeah. is the first time I've looked at all this, and now I'm like, 
okay, now I want to yeah. go. <laughs> and I won't go into it. I won't go into it, but there's a the Disney Parks app stuff. You can you can interact with the rides and all around the land. But I'll leave that as like a surprise, so people can experience it for the first time. Yeah. Well, I think this is all still going to be a surprise yeah. for everybody. Totally. I mean, I know we paint vivid landscapes with our words. We do. But totally. I don't know if even I'm able to paint a vivid enough landscape where it makes you feel like you've experienced it. But I'll do my best. Okay. Great. We should probably do like one. <laughs> we should probably definitely do a walking tour of this, Jeremy, of just recording us and our reaction to the sheer amount of people in this land. Totally. Because I have a feeling it's just going to be lots of time to kill of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be some stuff happening when this opens. <laughs> <laughs> like, how long have you been waiting in line to go to the bathroom? Ah, like 30 minutes. Yeah. I don't even know what's going yeah. on. Bring the bathroom to things. Yes. Okay, I got a question. <laughs> this is my last question for you guys. So, well, I guess it's not really for Jeremy since he hasn't seen it, but I guess Jerry can answer this. Do you think uh, Disney, or I'm sorry, do you think Universal has anything to worry about? Because this is so next level immersion that do you think it's comparable or even better than Hogsmeade in Diagon Alley? Because those, those two places are just crazy with the theming. Like it's amazing. I've said all along galaxy's edge is as great as Hogsmeade in Diagon Alley is. And they are great and they're fantastic. And that's probably what has fueled Disney to build galaxy's edge. Mm-hmm. It's going to make those things look like six flags yeah i think I that really they're think so. i think they're doing uh, you know that those you know the imagineers have been in there you know they've seen all the stuff they've done well, and yeah. they knowing the star wars fan base and knowing all this stuff and the, and the pressure the 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 last thing disney wants is first off they've taken enough heat lately with some of the the movie side of things for star wars the last thing that they want is to basically build a star wars land and it is just subpar uh, I just don't think they'll do it. And for everything we're hearing from early reactions is they're not going to. But the, the last thing they want is just to be like just a whamp, whamp, and then people, yeah. they don't want that. So yeah. okay. they're going to go above and beyond. I mean, I think from what I've heard from, I think it was in the Disney Dish podcast as well, the, the video cards in the Millennium Falcon ride are not even out on the market yet. They're so advanced that they got an early access to these cars to, to fuel this ride yeah so i wow, think we're talking wow. the, the edge and edge of technology that i think this will be an area too where they will continue as eventually they can do like retractable lightsabers they'll probably do it yep totally okay i know I'll you haven't jeremy hasn't seen it yeah I mean, you're gonna see it sometime soon <laughs> yeah. you going may may yeah. yeah yeah i mean it it's an it's an impressive land it is yeah. and it, you know and I don't even say that lightly, but I think Disney just has looked at that and just went, we are going to make that look like child's play. I agree. Yeah. But also, you know, this land is, what, 14 acres, they said? It's yep. huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley are tiny. They are very small. So, and so is Pandora. And this is a much yeah, bigger yep. land. I, I think that I, I, I love Pandora, but I think this is going to be so much bigger and so much more immersive. Oh, God, yeah. 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 I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. How quickly do you think uh, they have a third spot for another ride? How quickly do you think they add a third ride in the land? Is it Star Wars? Yeah. Mm. Uh. I think they're going to bank on the success of everything that's about to happen with the streaming service, with the new trilogies, with 
everything else. I mean, I don't think they have to. They're still going to build the uh, hotel. I know. I bet the timeline's similar to to what they've done at Universal with yeah. just now doing the Harry Potter. Right? How long? How long has it been since Dyke or since Hogsmeade first opened? Uh, twenty ten. Okay. Really? So within it's been a, that long? Yeah. I didn't realize a, it's been that long. Yeah, within yeah. a decade. Yeah. I can I see so. them doing the third ride in there. Well, That's Diagon fair. Alley opened in 2014, so... Okay. Well, I'm saying Atlanta in general, but right, yeah. Right, right. Because either I think, too, Pandora still has another place they can add a ride. Yeah. So one would assume that they would get a ride first. Right. Um, and then if they do anything else in Toy Story, we don't know. But I, I would probably say that timeline's pretty good because they're not going to do it until crowds kind of start dying down. And it's no coincidence either that Universal is adding this new ride for over there in the same year that Disney's doing Galaxy's Edge. Of course. So. All right. I think I'm talked out. You talked out. <laughs> talked out about Star Wars. Is there anything else you want to add, Jeremy, about any of this? No. No, I think I'm actually good. Thank you guys okay. for having me. Thanks for coming on. Of yeah, course. I just, I don't know much about this stuff. Oh, well, you know. I do now. You, you know do about know this. Now. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the thing, though, too, about this, it's going to be like Pandora. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan or you don't really yep. know the movies, you're going to – this whole land. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna you're going to be yeah. immersed into it. Yeah. yeah. It's And Disney's so good at that. With I did not care for Avatar. I think it was an okay movie, but yeah. Pandora is fantastic. So I think the same thing with this. Totally. Agreed. All right, well, that wraps up our discussion about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Well, okay. Well, all right. Um, just real quick, I want to remind you guys, uh, we are on YouTube. Um, so if you are only listening to this and not watching, you can catch these episodes on YouTube as well as some vlogs that we do. We've got Jared and, Jared and I do um, um, the Capture the Magic stuff, and then Jay and Red. There's a Jay and Red vlog that Jeremy and Rhonda do as well. And there's video podcast of Main Street Magic as well. And yes. Diz Dudes. We're getting caught up on there as well. Oh, we're well. getting caught up. Okay, good. Yeah. All that stuff. Good. And uh, don't forget to join the Capture the Magic Community Facebook group. Uh, you can interact with listeners and ourselves um, on that in that group and ask questions and post pictures and all that good stuff. And um, real quick, do you want to mention Club 32? Uh, sure. So Club 32 is basically, if Club 33 is a little bit out of your reach, just a little bit, uh, Club 32 is probably your next best option, which is our, it's our private group that, uh, we started, you know, basically people were asking us to do more content, um, you know, do more shows, which we love doing, but it just takes time and resources. And this is a way for help us cover costs and continue to do those and grow the show. And so by joining up, we have yearly and monthly options there. And in return, we give you... A ton of stuff. You get early access to shows. You get 20% off of all apparel. You get uh, a free t-shirt if you do the yearly option. And you're going to get free guides if you do the, the yearly option. And we're going to come out with a bunch of those. Um, we also have live streams, mailbag segments. Uh, you know, when any of us go to the parks, we live stream from the parks live. Uh, one of the live streams is we, it's basically like a bonus episode every month where all four of us, me, Jamie, Jeremy, and Rhonda get on and either answer questions or we just do a show about whatever comes to mind. So, um, we want you to feel like you're getting way more in return than what you're giving us, and so that's what Club 32 is. And if you're interested in that, uh, you can go to ctmvip.com to see if it's something you're interested in. Very good. Well, thank you, Jared, for being on the show today and yeah, talking. You're, you're welcome. And thank you, Jeremy, for joining us, too, on this episode. You're also welcome. Thank you. 
And as I always like to say, we will see you in the parks. Bye.